now I'm all the way up Almost drowned, pull me out right before I gave up What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 51 of The Locker Room, brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And I got to say, I am two for two on using my Manscaped lawnmower 3.0. I was like Jim Levenstein in American Wedding, the scene when he shaves his balls for the first time before his wedding. <laughs> Unfortunately for him, he did like ruin his wedding cake by shaking his pubes out the window and it gets in everybody's mouths. And I didn't have to do that, thank God. I was just in my bathroom. But the New York Jets are also 2-0 since I've used my Manscaped lawnmower 3.0. I don't know if that's a coincidence or not. You know, maybe the world is just turning and the Jets are good once I start using Manscaped, even though I'm a Giants fan and the Jets are irrelevant. But that being said, it, it isn't too late to get your family members any kind of gifts. So use our 20% off discount code LACA at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use our code LACA. I promise you, your balls will thank you. And I do want to add that we have an awesome interview today with Jake Miller, very popular music artist, singer, songwriter, producer, anything you want to say under the sun, Jake Miller does it. We also had a guest appearance from his sister, Jenny, who's a good friend of mine and now a great friend of the show. Jenny's also super talented and you will hear from her a little bit in this interview. But before we get into all that, I do want to say what up to Cappy. Cap, what's going on? How you doing? What's up, Lazzy? It's Miller time, baby. We got Jake coming to you live from the locker room. We're super excited to get this interview out for you guys. His sister hopped on. It was amazing. Um, besides that, it was a crazy week. Football, we got playoffs coming up. My Giants still have a chance. We lost this past week, but we still have a chance. We got to beat the shitty Dallas Cowboys, who for some strange reason are playing good football right now. But there's some crazy seedings, Lassie. I know you know Cleveland has a shot to win. They win. They're in against Pittsburgh. But what are you thinking? What do you think? You think, our, you think the Giants are going to make it or what? What's going on? I mean, with all the drama surrounding the football team, I don't expect them to have a great game. I don't really know what's going to happen, but... As far as the Giants go, I'm a Giants fan. I'm not like a diehard Giants fan, but I do follow them a little bit during the year. I think the Giants will win and get in. That's just me being optimistic. But I do got to say, I haven't really been gambling the last like three weeks, but I might come out of retirement just to pound the Cleveland Browns. I think there's no way that they don't win. Just my gut feeling. I love Baker Mayfield, and I've been following the Browns all season long. I've been betting on them the first you know 12 weeks before I stopped. But I'm just saying it right now, all in on the Browns. I'm putting – not my house on it because I don't really have a lot of money, but I'll put my what my Venmo right now <laughs> on the Browns. <laughs> well, 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 did you see the last game? The Browns had like five guys that were out. They mm-hmm. had like a whole whole bunch of shit going on with COVID. Um, so it was understandable the loss last week, but I'm with you, dude. Like, I mean, when you're in, I feel like Pittsburgh is going to sit Big Ben. They're going to sit all their heavy hitters. So slam the Browns and anything. When it comes to the Giants, I mean, like, how can you not bet against them? I got to put all my shekels in one pot and hope the Giants somehow pull off a win against the Cowboys. I mean, I'd love to see the Cowboys lose. Just every, every time the Cowboys lose, don't you just look forward to watching Stephen A. Smith on SportsCenter just shit on the Cowboys every time they lose? Yeah, no, I um, love Stephen A. He's awesome. So that'll be nice, but um, I, I hope it works out. What's up, but this is usually This is usually the part where Maxie chimes in and shits on the Jets because he's a huge Jet fan. But uh, we'll do it for him. The Jets obviously won't get Trevor Lawrence, and Max is obviously super pissed about that. I was expecting a rant from him on today's episode. But uh, Maxie is not with us right now. But I'm sure down the line we'll hear from Maxie and get his opinion on everything the Jets did because they're on a two-game two winning streak, <laughs> which is fucking meaningless. And they lost on, you know, a next-generation talent. So I'm sure, you know, we'll get Maxie's opinion on that soon. And they just fired Adam Gase. You saw that today? Did they? Or earlier today, yeah. I didn't see that. I could have sworn unless my boy was lying. Oh. I think your I mean, boy's uh, lying because I didn't see that. And I had I actually had lunch with Jake Asman today, so that would have definitely came up with Asman if true. that was true. Hold There's on. no okay, way that's on, true. Who's your boy? We'll fact check. Six hours ago, New York Jets' Adam Gase has reportedly been informed that he will be fired. Okay, folks. Hold that's on, so though. funny. Wait, that's so funny. The Adam Schefter interview we did, Adam Schefter's one pet peeve. I hate the word reportedly. Get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, reportedly. Reportedly. <laughs> reportedly. Get rid of it. I hate it. That's so funny that that's that's a good memory. Yeah, well, wouldn't you know it? You're talking about Adam Gase getting fired, but it's reportedly. It's not true. Yeah, it's it's reportedly. So, but yeah, I was on. I'm I'm actually shocked. Like I'm completely and utterly shocked at the Jets right now. I'm kind of upset that Max isn't here to like comment on this. But 
like how do you win these two games like why do you at this point like I know like your athletes like how can you not like fight for wins and like you're fighting for a job so from like a, a player standpoint I get it but like from a front office standpoint it's like how do you not just put the worst possible players out on the field just sit Sam Darnold sit everybody you got P Ryan I don't give a fuck who it is and, and and just tank for Trevor Lawrence but then again I did tweet I don't know if you, I know you saw it. I was like, well, what if Trevor Lawrence isn't going to be like the goat? What if he's not going to, you know, pan out? So we'll see. Yeah. He's like Bo Callahan. That's his name, right? From draft. Yeah. Bo Callahan. Yep. Bo Callahan. <laughs> Bo Callahan. Trevor Lawrence, the next Bo Callahan will drop to six. Who knows? You know, I actually just watched draft day like uh, a couple weeks ago when I was in Kansas city in the hotel room. But what was um like Bo Callahan's pet peeve? Oh, his, his friends didn't go to his 21st birthday party. <laughs> yep. So, Hey, maybe we got to find out. Did Trevor Lawrence's boys at Clemson go to his 21st birthday party? I don't even know if he's 21. No, he's he, got to be 21. Is he 21? <laughs> Fact check. Oh, real quick. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. You're the Google guy. I got you. Real quick. And he is 21 years 21. old. October 6, 1999. He's a Scorpio like your boy. So he's got to be a good guy. He's a Scorpio. Draft up. Number one, baby. Number one. <laughs> but I guess another New York team that actually isn't in the gutter, surprisingly, is the Knicks, dude. The Knicks are on a two-game heater right now. Beat the Bucks at home. Just beat the Cavaliers on the road. And it's funny, I was actually talking to a good friend of mine, Eric Hornick, who's a statistician for the Islanders and actually did a Knicks game the other night. And he was telling me that, I know Mike Breen said this on the, on the broadcast a lot, but Eric was just telling me, like, I could not imagine how loud the Garden would have been that night. New York Knicks fans, especially, you know, one like me, have been dying for a good Knicks team since, yeah. since the insanity, which was like 10 years ago. <laughs> And, you know, Alfred Payton went off. Julius Randle had, like, the game of his life tonight. But it's great to see just, like, the Knicks being successful because it's been such a depressing, basically, lifetime of being a Knicks fan. Yeah. Um, so that's been awesome. And, you know, hopefully we can see Knicks fans back in the building soon, you know, hopefully one day. No, no, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I did not even know the Knicks. Like, I haven't really been watching too much basketball. I've just been so dialed in on the end of the football season. And with hockey starting up and everything like that. But I will say this about the Knicks. Like, since they're, like, so hot right now and winning – I feel like every draft they've been trying to find like the number, like, like, or they've been trying to get like a, a top tier guy and like the best guy, like whether it's a Kevin Durant or like a, or a LeBron when, when I feel like they should just get a bunch of guys who are just not role guys, but just like guys who all just work their bag off and just want to win. And I feel like, like just like a muck and grind team, kind of like a, like a, a team, like back in the day that were just all bruisers. And, but they won like the Pistons, like the Pistons team that just was all just a bunch of bruisers. And I feel like that, 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 that's what they need to do to win. And I feel like obviously it's working right now. I mean, like they don't have any studs on the team, do they? They just have a bunch of workhorses. I mean, RJ Barrett is, you know, top or number three overall pick who should pan out, but um, well, yeah, right now, like Julius Randall is the best player, which is, which is crazy. Yeah. Lakers I, cut him. Uh, did they cut him? Maybe. Or traded? Maybe. Might, I don't yeah. know. Eh, we're, we're not yeah. a we're not a factual. Too much, yeah, yeah, too much, yeah, yeah. We need Max. We need Max. We were getting cocky. Yeah, we were getting cocky. We need Maxie for that. But uh, yeah, the Knicks are 500, which is awesome. But I know New Year's is coming up. I don't know. Do you have any New Year's plans, Cap? This is probably our first New Year's not at school in the last. Four no, years. I know it's actually crazy. That's what I was I was I was thinking. I was like talking to Court. I was like, fuck, like when's the last New Year's that we we've actually been together? And like I was just thinking like back in the days when like we were just at like parties with like all of our friends, just like house parties, which is like the best. Like. I feel like on New Year's, like that's like literally what I want to do. I just want to be around the people that I'm close with, see some fireworks, and then get get shit faced and call tonight. But currently, no plans. Talking to the boys, talking to them friends, trying to figure out what's going on. I think there's a curfew. I think there's a one a.m. curfew this year. Maybe that's just a prob- I don't know if that's Florida. I don't know if that what what it is, but one a.m. I heard. So get shit faced till one a.m. and then figure it out after that. What's your plans though? Is fireworks a New Year's thing? Yeah. Really? I've never seen fireworks on New Year's. You think it's just 4th of July? What? You think it's just like 4th of July? Pretty much, yeah. I didn't know fireworks was like Yeah, I mean, fireworks. I mean, it's just like yeah, like when the ball drops, 3, 2, 1, happy New Year's. You want to just light off everything. Everything. Just, just do whatever you guys do in the backyard? I mean, I've been to a bunch of places, but yeah, like my <laughs> girlfriend's, actually, Cord's dad used to buy like the most expensive fireworks when we'd go on like road trips and he'd stop off at these like random places on the side of the road um in like alabama or north carolina and buy these like fireworks for like just like drop like 900 bucks on just like expensive ass shit i would never ever have the balls to light a firework <laughs> oh yeah i didn't light them you're crazy i don't but know what, I, feel like, yeah. I feel like you would do that yeah uh, no no shot are you kidding me i'm a little bitch do you remember <laughs> i don't know if you were there just a quick story our friend bomber who lived in dallas jeff bomb brought me to his house when i was 19 and him and his friends like put on these 
big rubber gloves and lit a tennis ball on fire and called it a fireball and they would throw it at each other and try to catch it. I, I literally, I was 19. I called my mom. I was like, mom, I, I can't hang out with these kids. They're like throwing, I was terrified of fire and they're like throwing fire at each other. It's like some game. Everyone's laughing. Remember Corbin? It was a Bubba? Yeah. Bubba, Corbin and Bomber were just throwing fire at each other. It was like the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I was like, this, this is what you guys do for fucking fun in high school. Like, what it was te- like, It's Texas, dude. Come on. Yeah. That was bizarre. What um it wasn't it wasn't the end of the year party not the end of the year party but like remember when me you and like and like Albie and Bulls we all drove back to in Nikita we all drove back there was that the, was it that weekend or no I think that was Christmas what are you doing for New Year's though you didn't tell me so Ellie is having like ten friends over um which is nice a lot of my friends aren't home so I couldn't really be with my friends but um you know I love Ellie's friends and I'll be reunited with the girls that I lived with in Florida for fifty days they're all gonna be there so the band's no getting, way the band's getting back together which is nice. But um, it's actually funny because, you know, my best friend, Reed, who I talk about here on the podcast a lot, I originally made plans with him. I was like, yeah, let's do New Year's together. And he's in Miami right now. And this is when me and Ellie didn't really have plans. And then, you know, Ellie decided to have people over and her friends obviously don't really want people who are coming from Miami, didn't want to be around because yeah. of COVID. So I had to call Reed and be like, hey, I can't chill with you on New Year's. Ellie's going to have people over and you can't come. <laughs> so I, was <laughs> no like, way. I was literally like, this is the scene in Step Brothers. Derek's selling the house. We got to get jobs. We're not going on the boat. Something like that. You know, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> I just felt so bad. Like telling him to read that, but um, you know, he obviously is super understa- understanding and um, it should be a nice, quiet little Thursday night at Ellie's house for new year's. And she's obviously, I mean, court's probably the same way, but Ellie's, you know, I've been kind of dating Ellie for two years now and we haven't spent new year's together. So she's like, I can't wait to hear my new year's kiss. Blah, blah, you know, so I'm, <laughs> no, I'm already planning. No on uh, What's up? No shot. I said, no, Court's not that like that at all. She, she doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, I'm already planning on swerving Ellie at midnight and kissing like one of my friends in the lips or something just to fuck with her. <laughs> She'd kill you. Um, you would. I, I feel like I feel like her sorority sisters are probably more excited to see you than her. <laughs> they might be. Oh, they're, Johnny, they're, our roommate. Like they're you know? my sisters, man. They're my they're my sisters. I love them. Exactly, you're girls. One quick thing about New Year's. I know I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but one of my best friends, Holden, raises a ton of money usually every year and throws a New Year's party for the BCRF Breast Cancer Research Foundation. Um, this year, obviously, you know, we couldn't really have a big party because of COVID. Um, Holden Rosengrupp is his name. If you want to, you know, look him up on Instagram or Twitter or whatever you want to do, Venmo. He is still trying to raise money to, do- to donate to Breast Cancer Research Foundation. So if anyone is listening and anyone knows Holden or anyone even just has been affected by breast cancer, please, you know, even reach out to us and we will direct you on who to Venmo or what you can do to donate. Um, you know, Holden has raised $18,000 in the past couple of years, you know, year by year. And he's thrown one hell of a party this year. He's actually in Israel right now. Um, so I'm curious what he's going to do, but it's a great cause. So please, if you can, if you're listening, don't feel, uh, you know, afraid to reach out to us. And, and if breast cancer is something that's important to you, please donate because it goes a long way. Definitely. And it's, it's definitely important to me. It's definitely important to my family as well. I've had countless people in my family deal with breast cancer, have to go through breast cancer. So for sure, reach out to us if you know anything about that. I do want to talk about one more sponsor though, before we get into our Oy Bay Bagel Boss. Um, when thinking about bagels, you got to think about Bagel Boss, Long Island bagels. They're unbelievable. You know me. I'm the Jew bagel. I'm the king of bagels. I know my shit. They got the finest stuff. Bialis, bakery delicacies, whatever you need. Bagelofthemonth.com. Definitely check them out. Do not forget to use our code LOCKA10 for 10% off. That's LOCKA10 for 10% off. But Johnny, I'm really upset about my Oybe this week. As you know, as the rest of my Twitter knows, whoever follows my, my account, I lost in fantasy football this week. Pretty upset about it. Um, I was projected to win, dude. I had Tom Brady and Mike Evans go off for like a combined 85 points on that like Saturday night game. So I was projected like 80-30 to win off the bat. Moral of the story, I had Metcalf, I had DeAndre Hopkins, and I had Derrick Henry all go under 10 points in a half-point PPR league. And I was down by 10.5 points, needing the Buffalo Bills defense to get me 11 points. They got me eight. So... Oy vey to that. Oy vey to my fantasy league. Still won $100, but I, I, like, like, like I told you, I think we were talking before, Johnny, um, I'm happy that it was a close game. I'm happy that like it was like the way I made it to the finals. I was the last team to make it in. My team was just getting under its feet, like getting going. So overall, I'm happy. Good end of the year. So you're, you're happy? 
I mean, I, I'm over it. Like I've come to the, I'm yeah. not happy, but I've come, I've come to the, <laughs> I've come to the realization. I, I, I already got shit on by like everybody in the league. Oh, your team blew it. Your team this. And my boy who was playing with me, he had McCaffrey who was like questionable all week. And mm-hmm. if McCaffrey played, I was going to get shit on regardless. But McCaffrey didn't play and I still lost. So I'm, I've been getting shit, but I come to the realization, not a sore loser. And at the end of the day, I still won money. So that is good. Money is good. We like money on the Jewish podcast. Yes, we do. Amen. <laughs> my, my OIV this week, it might be up for debate. I watched The Dictator like four times last week on Hulu, a Sasha Baron Cohen Very movie, nice. obviously. And I, I'm ready to say that The Dictator is a better movie and funnier movie than Borat. Nope. Stop it right now. You don't think so? No. You, I'm you telling you, man. Shut your mouth right now. This movie is so fucking funny. I, I, I was crying every time. I even watched it like twice in a row and then the last two times i watched it with subtitles on so i can just read what i was missing it is so fucking funny if anyone hasn't seen the dictator or hasn't seen in a while go back and watch i I was crying like i was literally crying well both both movies first off so both sasha bear cohen both just genius roles he plays in both of them kind of i mean kind of similar but not like not not too similar you know you know what i mean different sides of the spectrum but Uh Yeah, just stop it. Dictator is such a it's such a great movie, but Borat's like a classic, dude. Borat's what like that was the OG. You could say it's better than Borat Two all day, even though Borat Two is great. But like Borat, the film as a whole, I'm not gonna say that made Sasha Baron Cohen because he was so funny before all that. He was everything like that. But that movie is just so iconic, dude. You come on, you remember just bus trips and just stupid shit, just watching that movie. I'm telling you, go back and watch The Dictator tonight. You might change your with mind. Subtitles, with yeah, subtitles. Yeah, no, you, you honestly, you, you might change your mind. It is it is, it is so funny. I, I, I can't, like the, the clip that we posted on our Instagram and Twitter of him like on the bridge in Crocs and he's like about to commit suicide. But then like his friend comes and says, what are you doing? You're wearing Crocs, you look ridiculous. I can't do like the, the voice, but no, that scene had me, had me dying. And he's like, who picks up Yiddish? That was so funny. Well, I, and I do want to say, um, Getting off the dictator and the Borat, another show. If you really want, you know, Sasha Baron one of the great Jewish comedians, like just we love him. But another great show. I've been sending you clips. If you love Jewish content, New Girl, Schmidt in the show, like just watching every episode, he makes a Jewish comment or there's a Jewish, just something said, said every fucking scene, dude. It just kills me. Like that's just go and just watch Schmidt. Yeah, that's is how it? Go to show. Yeah, mine's the office, hers is New Girl. Honestly, mine was the office for so long, but now I'm like, I come to courts and she's obsessed with New Girl, so I'm like, oh fuck, now I'm just gonna start binging New Girl again. Yeah, I, I've given it a shot, but it's definitely not for me. Well, we only got three more days left, folks. We're forgetting the office is gone from Netflix, or three days, or two days, two uh, yeah, two days, two days. Yeah, it's gonna be super sad. <laughs> I, I do want to I do actually want to debate this with you because I was talking about it with my friends, and since we did have a musician come on the podcast today. I'm curious to what you think, because I know you're probably not fluent in another language and I know you don't know how to play guitar. So what do you think would be harder to do? Master the guitar or become fluent in another language? This another one, another just come on. Dude, Easy it's a legit language. argument. Easily language is 1000 times harder. You 1, think so? 000. Yes. I, I said the guitar and because language is okay, like- wait, 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 wait. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We're talking about like- mastering like we're talking like you're nasty at the guitar and then we're talking like and then we're talking fluent in a language as in like i can have a full-blown conversation with you understand everything talk everything like that that's usually what fluent means yes (laughs) (laughs) so i'm still with language 100 but yeah i mean you're to become nasty at a guitar definitely takes a long time we should ask jake this but i'm just i just think that and as far as language goes, there's people around you that can help you, but the guitar is physically only you playing. Denny, Denny Avita, the, the NBA player from Israel, he was saying how he learned English from playing COD. Like, that's nuts. He came fluent me, uh, in English just from playing fucking Call of Duty. Let me, uh, here, I got, I got one for you, though. So you're saying, like, you're using, you're using um, your hands to use the guitar. Yeah. Well, you're using your brain to learn, lang- to learn a language, and your brain is a muscle. So at the end of the day, it's kind of your, it's kind of a similar thing. Like you got to train your brain to learn this, to become fluent in a language. Like it takes time. Certain people adjust a different, certain people are going to learn, become fluent in a language in a shorter period of time than others. Same as mastering guitar. It's going to take people a shorter period of time than others to master that skill. You just completely lost me. <laughs> I just mind fucked you, but it's true. 
No, you did. I'm saying, I'm saying the brain is similar to like using your hands for a guitar. I'm comparing the brain to your hands. I, I think you're doing a really bad job of what you're trying to explain. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But either way, it's agree to disagree. Maybe we'll throw a poll on the Instagram. Let's see what the people think. Yeah. No, because no. yeah, I'm just going to keep, yeah, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep jamming this in I'm okay. until it makes sense. That'll, that'll settle it. We'll do an Instagram poll on that, but. New Year's resolutions, you got anything? Honestly, no. I was thinking about this earlier. I really don't make too many New Year's resolutions. I'm just like, I just want everybody, my family and my friends just to be healthy this, you know, this next year in 2021. That's just my main thing right now. I just want everybody to be happy, my friend group, um, including myself, just stay healthy, especially with this whole COVID thing. You know, that that's really, if that's a resolution, if you turn that into a resolution, then you kind of can. What about I you? That is. No, that's a resolution. Thing? That counts. No, 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 no. Because a resolution is like something you're like, okay, my resolution is to lose 20 pounds. I think that's a resolution. This is like, I'm, I'm kind of like hoping, but I, I like wishing. Yeah. No, I mean, but that's still, I think it's still a mindset, which is fair. You know? Yep. That's mindset fair. CBD. Mindset CBD. We love them. Uh, I would say my resolution is <laughs> kind of similar though. You know, like mine is just to be more day to day. Obviously with the way the world's going on right now, everyone's kind of like, you know, either looking forward to summer or everyone's been looking forward to Christmas and New Year's and traveling or whatever you want to do, looking forward to when the world gets normal again. But I think there has been ways just to find your own happiness. You know, obviously it's been very, very tough in this pandemic. And I know for us, we're both living at home, you know, we're with our parents, which isn't the worst thing, but it'd be way better to be with friends and, you know, to be living life in our young twenties. But then again, I think it's very important just to be in the day to day, try to make every day good because we don't know how long this thing can go. And, you know, it's, it's easy to just choose to be happy. And I think that's just the way to, the way to go. But before I get too emotional, I think we should kick it over to uh, Jake and Jenny. What do you think? Yes. I'm so excited for everybody to hear this. Let's do it. It's Miller time, baby. It's Miller time. This guy grew up in Western Florida and was bar mitzvahed at Dor Doreen. He's become an extremely successful singer and songwriter with hits like Could Have Been You, Days and Confused, Can't Help Myself, and his newest song, Simple Life. We are so pumped that we got him on. Welcome to the Locker Room Podcast, our friend Jake Miller. Jake, what's up? What's up, guys? Nice looking background you got there. Where are you coming at from us? Or where, where are you coming from with us? <laughs> uh, this is my studio in LA. This wallpaper is courtesy of Overstock.com um Shout yeah out. but uh yeah but i'm in la right now just got back from florida a few days ago and um yeah did you set the holidays. up yourself did i put the wallpaper up myself yeah i don't know you seem like no. a like an independent guy i feel like you might have set it up all yourself I, I tried to um but you know it's it comes in like five <laughs> different panels it's like it's really big so i had to, I had to get like this task rabbit dude to come and, and help me out <laughs> Jake, you just you just mentioned you uh, you flew down to Florida to celebrate Christmas with your girlfriend. Obviously, you couldn't get to fly back. Um, is your house even like set up for Christmas? I think you got to go out to the store now and buy a bunch of shit. Um, well, yeah, we celebrate Hanukkah and Christmas here um, because my girlfriend does Christmas, and we have a huge tree that we got from Home Depot. You know, I'm I haven't been used to the Christmas tree life my whole life, so of course. Um, so yeah, last year was the first year I did the whole Christmas tree thing with her, and then this year we went again. To Home Depot, and uh, we just have a bunch of presents under the under the tree. Christmas wrapping, Hanukkah wrapping. Um, you know, we celebrated Hanukkah last last week, and have a, we got a menorah lit. You know, we're we're very festive here. <laughs> have any New Year's Eve plans with that coming up? Fingers crossed that we don't get sick. Uh, we have a trip planned for Aspen. We're gonna go snowboarding, but um, you know, it's been such a crazy year, and neither of us have gotten sick. Knock on wood. So I'm just hoping to, you know, keep going the rest of the year and and not get sick so that we can go. Yeah, no, that'd be really cool. And uh, yeah. I mean, anyone who follows you on Instagram knows how you met your girlfriend. But if you want to share that story, we, we kind of have a similar one. I DM my girlfriend also when we started dating. So, you oh, nice, very cool. Yeah, I uh, it was like 2018. I was in Tampa for a show. I was single, and uh, you know, I was I was just a douche back then, just because <laughs> <laughs> I was single and I was you know on the road and um, with my best friends touring every night, going city to city. So. Um, you know, just a bunch of single kids sliding in a bunch of girls DMs. And one night I was in Tampa and I saw this girl on Instagram and uh, I saw that she went to USF. I said, come to my show tonight in Tampa. 
and she didn't come. She had a boyfriend and all that, but we kept in touch. And <laughs> now, you know, she's my, she's my girlfriend and uh, we're madly in love. I love everything about her. And it's, it's just crazy how, how it all turns out. She's got to regret not going to that show. Come on. <laughs> uh, maybe she's, she's been to a few of my shows now. Uh, last tour no, that we course. went on in uh, September, I flew her out. She went to a Chicago, Milwaukee, the Florida show, the New York show. So she's, she's seen a few shows, but I'm really anxious to get back on the road um, and bring her to some of the shows because back when she saw my shows, like we weren't really dating like we were, but it was the beginning of it. So now that we know each other so much more, it's, it's going to be a, a lot more fun to have her at my shows. Yeah, that actually leads me into this next question. I mean, I saw you performed in a park in your neighborhood and you've done some like virtual concerts, but everyone's kind of adjusted to this pandemic differently. I mean, you seem to be one who's like still put out a lot of new music and a lot of content. And I love the way you interact with your fans, like through FaceTime and stuff like that. So how has this pandemic like really affected your career? And do you have tour plans like after? Uh, We do have tour plans. Um, Well, we had tour plans this year, of course, they got canceled. I was supposed to be I was supposed to be doing my first uh, Asia headlining tour, which I was so excited about me and my band were, you know, waiting all year for it. That got canceled. Um, We were supposed to do a shit ton of festivals and college shows this year that got canceled. Um, Next year, we do have two tours planned, one in May and one in September. Um, Just in case the one in May gets canceled, we'll have a backup one in September because once this uh, pandemic is over, every artist is and every artist and managers and agents, they're going to be calling venues and trying to book venues and, and shows. So we're ahead of the, of the trend a little bit. So we have, we have two tours planned for next year. Hopefully, you know, those can happen. Um, but in terms of how the pandemic has affected me this year, I mean, I've completely had to find new ways to be creative, to be productive. Um, you know, I've started a fan club um, on this app called Patreon. So every day I'm dishing out new like exclusive behind the scenes videos and daily life videos and piano guitar tutorials for like my diehard exclusive, you know, hardcore fans. Um, We're doing virtual shows, online shows where I just sit on this couch with my guitar player and we're running through every album of mine doing one show for every album. And I have like eight albums going all the way back to 2011. So a lot of shows I'm doing a zoom meet and greets with all my fans. Um, So that's awesome. That's been I think the biggest thing that has uh, the biggest benefit of this year is that I've, I think I've been able to get a lot closer to a lot of my fans and, you know, I'm, I'm not too good with names. I'm, I'm okay with faces, but now it's like, I've seen so many of these people throughout the year and um, I've done zoom meet and greets with them and I've just gotten closer with them. So when I finally do go back on tour next year, I feel like a lot of these fans are going to be more like friends and it's a, it's going to be pretty cool to see. Yeah, definitely. That sounds, I mean, that sounds amazing. Yeah. I mean, we've yeah, definitely think, been doing it as much as we can to, to, to make 2020 work. And I'm, I'm pretty proud of how me and my team have, have handled it. I think you're going to be like performing next year and you're going to be looking in the crowd and you're like, oh shit, there's Jimmy. Oh, wait, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, oh there's people I met. For sure. No, I mean, I, I know a lot of my fans by name now. Um, it's, it's really cool. I mean, I, it feels weird calling some of them fans even because I have some people who have been supporting me since 2011, since I put out my first, you know, batch of music when I was in high school. So, um, you know, I'm just lucky to have so many people who have supported me for almost a decade. Like that's, that's crazy to me. Yeah, that's wild. And Jake, being a a fellow Florida resident, um, I mean, there's so many great artists that came up from down here, like yourself, but like Jason Derulo, Ariana Grande, Flo Rider, I guess, how does it feel to kind of be paving the way for like this amazing group of artists for hopefully like generations? It's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, thank you for even including me in that list. Uh, I appreciate that. I, I, it's definitely, you know, really cool to, to look at the South Florida roster of people. And, you know, at least from like my city, I can like, not on some cocky, you know, stuff, but to look back <laughs> at and, and look at my city and be like, I'm, I'm definitely one of the biggest musicians to come out of my, my hometown. And, you know, just 100%. to say that, that makes me feel like amazing. Like I really did something, but yeah, Ariana Grande from South Florida, Jason Derulo, I was, really close with Jason for a while. I was signed to his management. So um, he's been to my parents' house, like, you know, the South Florida community kind of, uh, I feel like we, we've all met and we all support each other. It's like the Jewish community. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's where all the are. It's pretty easy, but, but Jake, I mean, you mentioned a bunch of those names just now, so it must've been like pretty weird for you going in in 2011, you were probably what, like not 20, I'm, oh God, my math. 17, 18. 20 <laughs> <laughs> something, but uh, 17, 18. So what was like your first, holy shit, I'm hanging out with these kind of people moment? Like who was that? Uh, well, my first, the first show that I ever did, the first time I ever stepped on stage 
um, was to open for Snoop Dogg, actually. Um, well, there you go. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I knew some like some local club promoter. I think it was uh, the venue was called Club Cinema. And the guy who was like putting on the show, the promoter, just kind of knew that I was, you know, this kid who was trying to make music. And I think he was just giving me a, a, a break, a big break. And uh, it was like me and like nine other openers. I was the first one to go on. I brought my whole high school. I think part of the deal was <laughs> if you open, you have to sell a certain amount of tickets. So I was going around my high school, Cypress Bay. At the time, it was the biggest high school in the country. I was going around selling tickets to everybody, putting flyers on the wall, giving flyers to principals and teachers and asking to hang them up. And honestly, most of the crowd that night, I feel like was Cypress Bay, just because I had to bring so many people out. And it was the greatest night ever. It was the night that I fell in love with performing. And uh, from that moment on, I'm like, I, I just want to live on stage, like as many shows as I can do, the better. And uh, yeah. I was going to say, I'm kind of like laughing to myself, just imagining you in high school, but like, I don't know why I pictured like maybe like a Jake Miller bake sale, like selling tickets to a show with Snoop Dogg. I don't know why that was like, what popped Bro, that's pretty much what it was. I mean, I, was, <laughs> I had the worst haircut. I had pimples. I had, I had no fans. Like, let's put it that way. Like this was the point of my career where I maybe had three or four songs to my name, no followers, no fans, no social media. My mom had to tell me like to get a Twitter because that's what was, you know, popular to promote things. Um, I just had no self-confidence in high school. You know, I was like averagely popular, um, didn't play any sports, pretty, pretty smart, you know, did my homework. <laughs> um, I just wasn't a confident kid. So like stepping into the spotlight was the opposite of anything I was used to. So that first night when I went on stage, I brought like 11 of my best friends on stage with me just to like literally stand behind me while I performed because I, I just needed them as support. I was just, I had no self-confidence. So I'm a completely different person now. I'm 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 really proud of you know the person that I've become over the years. So so was Snoop like offering you and your boys backstage a couple of blunts before <laughs> you guys went out there or what? <laughs> that was our plan. We never I never even met him. I had school the next morning and he went on at like three in the morning. I went on at like nine p.m. and I'm just like I got, I probably got a test in the morning. I gotta go. <laughs> never met him, but I met him a few years later and told him the whole story. It was pretty funny. I sure you appreciate That's it. That's awesome. Yeah. So Jake, I, I guess like your typical question, you could probably get this like thousand of times, but I guess when did you realize like singing and performing was something you wanted to do for a living and not just a hobby? I mean, like Johnny and I are sports guys. I think in sports, <clears throat> there comes a time where, you know, you can't play the child's game anymore and you either know this is something I'm going to do for a living or, you know, something I might kind of got to give up. Totally. Um, yeah, I definitely had that moment. Um, I mean, at the end of high school, I, my plan, just like everybody else was to, you know, apply to a bunch of colleges, get into the best one go figure out what you want to do with your whole life. And my senior year of high school is when I started making music. I was turning all my poems that I had written in English class into songs just as a project, just because it was fun. I just got a MacBook. It came with GarageBand. I'm like, what is this program? Started making beats, started making music. And that was that. But as the senior year progressed, um, I was getting accepted to all of these colleges, University of Miami, uh, Maryland, uh, FSU, all these, all these schools that I had interest in going to. And I even went to orientation for a bunch of these uh, schools. And finally, like a month before I was supposed to start as a freshman at FSU, I told my parents, I don't want to go to any college. I don't want to go to school at all. I just want to stay at your house for a year and work on music. And, um, you know, I think the deal that we made was pretty much give me one year to not go to college, work on music. If nothing comes out of it, I'll go to school. I'll start a year late. And if something comes out of it, then we'll just keep going and we'll take it year by year. And they believed in me. They made me that deal. Everyone thought I was fucking crazy. I mean, my whole life up to that point, I was studying to get into college. And now I'm, I'm just like, nah, I'll just throw all those acceptance letters away. So that was a huge step in my life. And I just was completely lost. And I didn't know if it would turn out the right way or if I would have to go back to, to college. And that summer, um, when all my friends went off to college, I stayed at my parents' house. I went to Guitar Center. I bought all this studio equipment learned how to use it, learned how to, you know, rap, make beats. Back then I was just rapping. I wasn't singing. And um, I just worked my ass off that summer. And within like a year, managers started calling, radio DJs started wanting to interview me. Labels wanted to fly me out to New York to, 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 you know, to meet with me, do a showcase. And that was like the real moment where it's like, okay, it's not just my friends and family telling me that I can, I can rap. You know, it's not yeah, just yeah. My, my grandma <laughs> telling me that I, I'm, I'm cute. It's like a real... <laughs> real music industry people telling me that like we want to put x amount of dollars into you because we believe in you and so that opened me and my parents eyes and we're like all right i guess i'm not going back to college and 
that was just the beginning of it. And it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Shout out to Jenny, your sister who helped us get you on, but Jenny's become a friend of mine. And I, speaking yeah. of college, do you ever wonder what it would have been like if you went to college for four years? I know you've been uh, to a couple of Michigan frat parties. Maybe that would have changed your mind. Well, I went to a few Michigan frat parties. The first one I went to, I don't remember one second of it. Blacked out <laughs> completely. Um, honestly, I'm sure looking back now, I would have had a great time in college, but I never felt when I was in high school and like looking forward, like looking into my college years, um, I never felt like college was something that I was like ready to do. I don't know if it was like because I was too comfortable in my hometown and I didn't want to leave. I don't know if it was, you know, because I didn't want to say bye to my parents or just because I was kind of like overwhelmed thinking about like the whole fraternity life. I didn't want it to change <laughs> me. Like back then when you're a ninth grade or 10th grader thinking about like college kids, like I'm thinking drugs, alcohol, like I'm not that type of person. And so college was never something that I really wanted to do. But with that being said, going to visit my sister and a few friends in college was like some of the most fun times. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Yeah. And I was, and I was going to say, it's like, it's kind of like, all right, let, let's see if I can make it as a musician. Fuck college. Once I get famous, then it's going to be like, all right, who cares about these college parties? I'm chilling now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's kind of the yeah, best I mean, of both my, worlds, my so. goal was to, my goal was to, you know, get booked and, and be playing for these college parties. And I did exactly. that a lot of times, you know, I, I played so many college shows and um, that's, that's the college that I wanted to go to. <laughs> that's, how I want, that's how I wanted to go to college. <laughs> I love that. Um, so, so Jake, I'm assuming since you're the, the musically talented one in your family, you're probably forced to sing the four questions and everything at all the Passover Seders or whatnot. Uh, well, actually my whole family is pretty musical, musically talented. Um, I'm, I'll give them that. I mean, literally everybody, my dad was in a band. My mom used to sing the national anthem at like Miami Heat games and oh, huge nice. tennis tournaments. Yeah. My sister has the best voice in the whole family, by the way. She just <laughs> doesn't want to show anybody. Um, she's got a way better voice than mine. She's got like this Amy Winehouse, like raspy, crazy You even tried to going. get her to sing on tour? Um, I've tried a few times. There was one time in New York where her and all of her friends came to a show. And um, I was singing this song on the piano, really broken down um, moment called Palm Boulevard, uh, the song about the street that I and me and my sister grew up on. And it's just a song about my family and how I'm always going to remember where I came from and remember my roots. And I wanted her to come on stage and like sing the second verse because I know she knows the lyrics of that song. <laughs> and like everyone in the crowd was chanting her name and she got so, she got so mad. But recently <laughs> she told me, she's like, next time you're home, let's like sit down and try to maybe make something together. So I think she's slowly coming out of her shell as more people tell her that she can actually sing. Well, she might be joining the Zoom in a, in a bit, so maybe we'll put her on the spot. This could be her debut. <laughs> Definitely. She will not sing for you. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you $100 if she does. Oh, deal. <laughs> if I don't have to risk anything. <laughs> no, you don't. I'll be requesting you on Venmo. I'm texting her right now. You better sing. I'll, I'll split it with you. <laughs> She's going to sing like two words and then split it with you. <laughs> It's it's funny. So like it's like um, you're like wanting her to sing, but are you scared like she might like blow up? Like she's gonna get like that one performance and everybody's gonna be calling her. You know what I mean? No, I'm, I would be great. Be That'd be unbelievable. It, yeah, that would be amazing. Um, I I want nothing more in the world for you know success for all my friends and family. But um, I know that she would she would she's not that type of person. Honestly, I just know her personality, and she does not want to be you know spotlight. Um, she's she's way more down to earth than me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so so jake johnny's from new york i'm obviously from florida and i tell him that like my bar mitzvah growing up was like the biggest shit show it was such like a a fun party like it was unbelievable obviously my yeah. theme was hockey so just tell nice. laz tell t- tell the tell the listeners like about your bar mitzvah because i'm assuming it had to be a shit show yeah mine was sick um, <laughs> it, was, it was so awesome you know my parents went all out of course um my theme was uh, it's Miller time. And it was like this, it was like a stadium, it like, uh, like the whole Miller logo, like Miller um, which is awesome. Like exactly. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Um, so the hoodie said it's Miller time. And it was basically just all sports because at that point in my life, I was playing pretty much every sport that you could think of. And um, yeah. I had me and my dad printed out glossy pictures of like every athlete in the world and fake signed them. And just put them everywhere over around the venue. So everyone was like, how did you get A-Rod to sign this? How did you get Shaq to sign this? And me and my dad were just like, oh, we pulled some strings. <laughs> me and my dad writing it with Sharpie. He like looked up all their signatures online to make sure that it was, you know, duplicated correctly. But um, other than that, I mean, everybody I know was there. It was a huge bar mitzvah. 
I think I invited like way too many people. I think the temple actually told my parents that it was like a record for the most amount of people at like the at the ceremony. Like, <laughs> at the ceremony, you go back there. You go back there ten years later. You still yeah. have the record. Wanted, yeah, exactly. You wanted to hear your half tour with your beautiful rap voice back then. Exactly. Yeah. Put someone beatbox while I do it. Um, yeah, right. But yeah, it was it was everybody that I knew was there, and it was just a uh, you know I felt super loved, and it was a great great day. I was like four feet love tall that. back then. Jake, are you a movie guy by any chance? Yeah, I love movies. Have you seen Hot Tub Time Machine? Yeah. All right, so you know the scene when Craig Robinson like goes back in time and says, like, this song's from the future, but since you've been good, you're going to get it early and does, like, let's get started? Yeah. So I want to ask you, like, this. If you can go back in time, let's say, like, early 2000s, what song, like, what hit song would you go back and kind of, like, steal and make a Jake Miller song? Oh, wow. That's kind of like that movie. Um, did you see that Beatles movie where some, where some guy, like, yeah. Yeah. yesterday? I forgot what it's called. Yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. Yeah. By the way, it took me like 10 minutes to form that question. So <laughs> no I worries. Yeah, I crushed it. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, I mean, my favorite artist of all time is John Mayer. Um, I love his, you know, just his lyrics and like the way that he makes me feel. And his music hits me in a way that like almost no other music hits me. Um, so, you know, any, any song of his, like uh, Daughters, um, No Such Thing. I have... Uh, stop this train tattooed right here this is my favorite song of all time it's basically just a song about not letting life you know pass you by too quick and uh just just taking it slow and um cherishing your family and so i feel like this song i have to say this song just because it's mm. my favorite song ever but i mean that wasn't that wasn't a 2000 song i don't think i think that came a little bit later it's funny that you say john Mayer. i, I mean i kind of knew that about you but i'm a huge john Mayer fan also and it's just like a little funny story but everyone shares those like spotify year wrap-up things you know yeah Last year, my number one song was like Heartbreak Warfare. So I, and I, dude, and, I and I shared it. I shared it on Instagram. And everyone's like, dude, what? Like, why? Who <laughs> That's <hurt> amazing. You? <laughs> That's amazing. He, um, he was on Instagram Live recently and uh, I've never met him. He's one of those people that I, I don't want to meet because my expectation of him is like, you know, I got this tattoo and I've been listening to him way, way before I feel like most people thought it was like cool to like listen to John Mayer. Like, before he was on Instagram, before he was doing the lives and everyone thought he was like funny. Like to me, John Mayer is like this like God, like this songwriting God that I've been listening to since like middle school. So I commented on one of his Instagram lives recently and he like said like, he's like, oh, Jake Miller's in here. Hell yeah. No way. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> like, to me, to me, that's everything. Like he's, he's, he's honestly my all time favorite musician. So mm -hmm. um, the reason I started playing guitar, the reason that I just listened so deeply to lyrics, I can't. When a, when a new song comes out, it doesn't matter who it is, like someone that I really love, before I even click play, I have to Google the lyrics and have the lyrics in front of me and, and read along with it while I listen to it for the first time because lyrics are so important to me. And I think John Mayer like made it that way for me. You got me thinking about the uh, the movie Get Hard too, where like Will yeah. steals the guitar from John Mayer or whatever. Every hundred girls get wet at the same time. Watch this. <laughs> Good movie. <laughs> I guess you don't do that though, Jake, right? You're not, you're not, you're not that kind of guy. <laughs> nah, nah. What's the weirdest fan encounter you've had? I've had so many weird ones. I mean, I think I wouldn't even call it weird, just cool. Um, you know, I've met, I started out when I was in like 2011, 2012. Like when I started making music, it was, it was rapping. And the songs were like, it wasn't like bitches, hoes, money. Like it was like suicide awareness it was like anti-bullying. Like it was some, it was some real storytelling stuff. And that's like when I gained like my real first core fan base. And so many of those songs had like deep lyrics and like one lines that were just like tattooable lines or just like quotes. And to this day, I, at every show of mine on tour, I'll, I'll meet three, four, five people at every show with my lyrics tattooed on them. Some of them are even in my handwriting because a lot of people they'll come to my show. They'll say, and this is like, this is like 10 times a show now. Every time I go, every time I have a show now, I'll have like 10 people who will come up to me and say, will you write this lyric for me? And I'll write it on a piece of paper for them. They'll go get it tattooed months later. And then months later, I'll come back to the city and they'll have it tattooed in my handwriting, like with my signature. Wow. And I've literally seen that like thousands of times. And I think that that's definitely the coolest, um, you know, fan encounter, just because I know how much this tattoo means to me. And like, I, the way that I view him, John Mayer, like to think that other people might view me like that is just, it's like the craziest thing. But I mean, in terms of strange stories, I can, <laughs> on, I can go on and on with calling cops and 
and uh, having FBI investigations arrest stalkers and, and stuff like that. So I'd rather not jump into all that crazy. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> well, Jake, you, you mentioned like some of your music that you're playing like early on, that was kind of about like suicide and stuff like that. I guess out of all the music that you, you've, you've come, come out with so far, what song, I guess, basically defined you and your career the most, you think? Well, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, my music is always changing. My mentality is always changing. Um, you know, right now I'm super happy in love. If you asked me two years ago, I was heartbroken and kind of depressed. Before that, I was just a young kid who didn't really have much life experience. And I was just writing about everything. Um, I mean, if I could like look back on my whole discography of songs and like look at one song that like really changed my life and my career, it's a song called A Million Lives. And um, that song is will always be like one of like the number one song for like my real OG fans. And I made that song when I was like, it was probably 2013, um, one of my first songs. And the whole point of the song was, that was when I was beginning to get like fan mail from fans telling me how my music is helping them and helping them battle cancer or helping them, you know, go to school and have the confidence to confront bullies. Like I was literally getting like letters and mail from kids saying how my music was helping them. And I made a song called A Million Lives, basically, the chorus was I haven't made a million, but I've touched a million lives. And it, it was the whole song was basically about how it's just more important to, you know, change the world and send a positive message rather than to like, you know, make money or have fame. And so every verse was like modeled off of another fan mail. Um, there's three verses and each verse tells like a different story of someone else who sent the mail. And it's kind of hard to explain now, but if you go on YouTube and, and search a million lives, you'll get it. And, um, you know, from that moment on, I, I knew that me and my fan base kind of had like kind of a different connection than most artists with their fans because a lot of people found me and found my music at that time. And like my music means something more to them because it, it got them through really tough times. So I'll always be really appreciative of that song. Yeah, I mean, that was an insanely deep answer. I That, that like kind of took me back a little bit, but uh, is that the wrong one? I don't even remember the question to me. <laughs> I just <laughs> no, went yeah, so you, far in. No, yeah, yeah, you, you went in, you went then. But uh, I mean, I guess like on top of that, piggybacking off of that question, I mean, the, the most difficult thing about everything you just explained is that you kind of do it all yourself, right? You're a one-man show. Like, you do your own production, your own beats, all that stuff. I mean, yeah. are there any artists that you have or would like to collaborate with? I mean, it's got to be a little difficult to do it all alone, you know? Yeah. I mean, at this point, I don't do it all alone just because it's more fun, honestly, to just have friends over. Um, I I definitely have learned how to do it all by myself if I wanted to, if I wanted, you know, I've I've become a master at the piano. I play like an hour every day. Um, I really can sit down and make beats just as well as, you know, any top producers in the world. I think um, just because of all the hours that I've put into YouTube tutorials and learning about logic, the program that I use and, and plugins and sounds and stuff like that. So I feel super confident I could do it all by myself, but I still invite friends over just, you know, it's more fun to write with them. But um, an artist that I definitely want to collab with is John Bellion. He's someone that I honestly feel like I discovered him. I swear, I feel like, I think I was like one of his first like 50 fans. I discovered him back in like 2010 um, because he was signed to Logic's label. And I was a big fan of Logic. And Logic posted about this guy named John Bellion who just did like a Paper Planes or, or, or no, it was the motto by Drake. It was a cover. And it was like the first time I think John Bellion ever posted anything. And I've been following him ever since then. I've met him a few times. I've actually recorded a few of the songs that he's written because he's a amazing songwriter as well like some of the biggest songs that you guys hear on the radio john bellion has written them so he's also sent me a lot of songs that i've uh recorded didn't love enough to put out but just somebody that i i really want to collab and actually do a song with not just you know sing a song that he wrote but actually like be on a song with him a long island boy too bro he's crazy i watched him perform a sold out show at a what is it called in long island the uh Huntington jones, oh jones, jones beach. beach oh wow yeah. Yeah, I was I was there in the crowd for his sold out show, and it was just like the most moving thing ever. And um, I don't know, he's just someone that I always want to like. I've always modeled my career after, because at this point in my life, I don't want to be a Justin Bieber or a Shawn Mendes where I can't even leave the house. Like I want John Bellion's life where he goes and makes the coolest, most authentic, genuine music to him. His fans love him because of that. He can go and tour whenever he wants and play huge shows, and then. He's sitting there and writing the biggest songs for Maroon 5 and Chance the Rapper, Justin Bieber, and he, he's just sitting back having a normal life with his wife. Like that's yeah. That sounds like an ideal life to me. 
So I kind I of model it after that. I discovered John Bellion by accident. I went to my uh, freshman year at UMass, Little Dicky and Two Chains were like the headliners. And I'm a, I'm a big Little Dicky fan. And yeah. my team had a 6 a.m. workout the next day. So nobody wanted to go with me. So I went alone. But John Bellion was the opener. And I was like, this guy is incredible. So then like little enough, I did my research on John Bellion. I found he's from Long Island. And that song, yeah. uh, Good Things Fall Apart, is like incredible. I love that song. It's incredible. Yeah, it's one of my favorites from him, even though that's uh, alu- aluminum or whatever the DJ's name is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know you're talking he's, about like, yeah. <laughs> no, he's so good. But, uh, but Jake, what has been like the biggest struggle in your career? And was there ever a point where you were like second guessing yourself or thinking about pursuing something else? Cause I know your dad's a doctor, right? And, and mm-hmm. you want to be one from what I've heard. Yeah. I mean, he, he had me interning at a hospital when I was like 18 and uh, every day for like a few months, I shadowed a different one of his surgeon friends and I watched every single surgery over this under the sun over the sun Um, (laughs) I watched every surgery under the sun and it was disgusting like I hated it it completely turned me off from medicine which was the opposite of what he was trying to do I think the last surgery that I watched was his surgery where he like stuck like what looked like a paperclip this long into someone's eye because he was trying to realign their eye and that was the grossest one out of every surgery that I saw and I saw endoscopies I saw everything and so um, from that moment, I'm like, dad, I don't know what I'm going to do in my life, but I promise you it's not medicine. Um, but he definitely, he wanted me to be a doctor. Um, but I mean, there, there's been a few moments in my career where, you know, I've flown back to Florida and sat with my parents and said, like, it's not as much like, what's the backup plan? It's more like, I've been doing this for 10 years. Like, how do we make this last 40 years? And how do I make a new, you know, a new wave of fans who are going to follow me for 10 years? Um, because my fans are growing up with me and, and and the fact of the matter is people people's music taste changes as they grow up you know their financial position changes they're going off to college they're getting married they're having kids and so my whole thing is how do I just sustain a career that's going to last me the next few decades and so me and my family are always kind of brainstorming how to how to flip stuff up and how to how to change things up and new management, new label, new style of music. Why don't you try this, try this while all staying true to myself. So there's never, there's never really been a backup plan. There's never been a plan B just because I feel like once you have a plan B plan A is just not going to work. And so I'm going to make music for my whole life. I know that for sure, whether it's for me or writing and producing for other people, but um, I don't have a plan B and I'm just going to do this because I love music more than anything. Have you ever considered starting a podcast? No. Yeah, you're super genuine, like very well spoken. I, I would listen to you like, you know, three times a week even. Wow, thanks, man. <laughs> I swear you have a nice studio. You got the the setup. You, you have the knowledge. I, you, I yeah. mean, I mean, maybe give me like 2% if you decide to start one. But uh, I got you. I got you. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've thought about it. I definitely have thought about it. Um, I mean, it's Miller time. That I, it's Miller time, baby. Uh, can I have the slogan right here? <laughs> club that I was telling you about, I, I go on and do like weekly live streams with them where I just sit there and, and talk and answer other questions. But yeah, I mean, I enjoy talking about, you know, my life and my career just because it's been, it feels like I've lived like five lives in one. Like there's just been so many things that have happened, ups and downs. Like I feel like I've been through it all and I'm sure I'm going to go through so much more. And so, you know, I could talk about it forever. Well, Jake, it's time for uh, something we like to do on this podcast called the Matzo Ball Minute Questions. So kind of a different so uh, set of questions we're going to ask you. Um, okay. Answer as long, short as you want. Start you off with this one. If there was a movie about your life, who would you want to be casted as Jake Miller? A what actor? Yeah. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Damn, that's cocky. Maybe, no, <laughs> no, I would, want a, I would want Dave Franco. Dave Franco. I like Dave Franco. Yeah. I got a Paul Rudd vibe. Okay. But maybe like he's that. too old. He's too old, though. You're young. I like Paul, Paul Rudd also doesn't have like a muscle on his body. Yeah, he does. He's, <laughs> he's like kind of in shape now. I mean, I don't know. Maybe prime Paul Rudd. <laughs> so what's your favorite and least favorite thing about being a musician? My favorite thing is just um, being able to, you know, kind of supply good energy to people. You know, the fact that I can like just turn thoughts into songs and then have those people listen to these songs and create memories to them. And, um, you know, just, yeah, I mean, just the fact that I could positively, positively affect people with, with my music and change their mood. I think that that's everything. I also love the fact that how, how I've been able to travel so many places with my best friends, all the, all the people I've met. My least favorite part, I guess, would just be 
how connected I have to stay at all times in terms of social media. I feel like I'm constantly promoting myself and, you know, saying swipe up, listen to this, buy this, get tickets to this. And like, and I'm not in a position where I'm, you know, Justin Bieber and anything that I drop, everybody just knows about. Like I have to be sitting here on my phone, like actively promoting myself and staying relevant just because that's, you know, that's where I am in my career. And um, it's just hard sometimes just because social media is like, not something that I'm, you know, I, I wouldn't be on social media if, if I wasn't doing this career. I would just be out on the on the field throwing the baseball all night or, or at the <laughs> beach. Like, but it's just something that I have to do. And um, I have met a lot of great people through social media. So I can't I can't really knock social media too much. But yeah, your girlfriend. It, yeah, exactly. I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't have met her. I probably wouldn't have had a career, to be honest. I wouldn't have known how to get my music out to people. So many more good things than bad with social media, but I just, I don't know how to disconnect sometimes. And I think it, it kind of messes with me. Definitely. Don't watch the social network on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, it's um, so if you could change one thing though about the music industry, what would it be? Um, one thing about the music industry. That's tough. I think, uh, I think the artists that are signed to the big major labels are, you know, the ones that are really in a position to win. And you can be the most talented person in the world, but if you don't really have a big machine, a big label behind you, um, it's kind of tough just because just going to radio with one song costs like half a million dollars if you do it correctly, which is so crazy to think about. Mm -hmm. um, that's literally just getting your song played in a radio station's rotation for a few months. So things like that. A lot of people you know, don't have the money to be doing that. So you're at a disadvantage being independent, but it's also a lot more freeing and you have a lot more creative freedom when you're independent. So. Um, I don't know. I guess it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to say. At the end of the day, if you make great music, uh, you're gonna you're gonna succeed no matter what. So I don't really want to say what I would change yeah. about like the ugly side of the industry. It's it's really just the better your music and the more you stay connected with the fans, the the better position you'll be in. Of course, yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. Um, yeah. So, what is the best concert you've ever been to as a fan? And then, if you could go back and perform at one of your concerts again, what mm. what what, what uh, concert would it be at? And what venue was it? Uh, the best concert I've ever seen, honestly, it was that John Bellion show at a uh, Jones Beach Amphitheater. It was just a beautiful night outdoors, completely sold out. And, you know, he just he made everybody cry with his speeches in between the songs and put on different arrangements for each song so that you've heard them, you know, not like how you hear them on your iPod. And so he's just a real musician. And that that night, I'll always remember um, in terms of one of my shows that all that happened too quickly that I wish I could relive. Um, I got to perform at the BB&T Center in Fort Lauderdale, which is the arena that I grew up going to. I saw NSYNC there as my first concert ever when I was eight years old. I went to a million, you know, Florida Panthers hockey games there and all this, all this. I mean, I, I lived at that arena. And so getting to finally perform there in front of my hometown crowd was just the coolest thing ever. I don't even know if it's called the BB&T Center anymore. They've changed it so much. Oh, have they? Yeah, it's like yeah, um, Coca-Cola. Uh, who, who knows? A, a new owner buys it every every other month. Yeah, NSYNC was my the one the one next to Sawgrass. What's that? Yeah, NSYNC was my first concert too. I love the song "Bye Bye Bye" by them. Oh yeah, dude, <laughs> classic. Yeah, I, was, I saw it at Nassau Coliseum. I think when I was like seven or eight. Yeah. Well, yeah. as it's turning into a little like schoolgirl at one of Jake's concerts, like he's. Like, I took, <laughs> I, well, shout out to our sponsor. I took two uh, Happy Gummies CBD, so I'm a little extra upbeat. Nice. But, uh, <laughs> I need but, one of those. That's really nice. <laughs> We'll, uh, we'll hook you up with them uh, yeah. you know, after the, after we record here. We'll, uh, we'll get it set up. But yeah, Oh, yeah. We do have one more question for you in the, in the Matzo Ball Minute, though, before we have uh, we finish off. So, I mean, I've, of course, you've had the privilege to perform with so many great artists and open up for so many great artists like Mac Miller, Sean Kingston. I mean, the names go on. Like, so yeah. if you could perform with one artist ever at one venue, what would it be? Or, and who would it be? Um, well, I would say it would be John Mayer, uh, just because of <laughs> everything that I've, I've said. <laughs> um, and where would it be that's a good question probably a bbnt center or coca-cola <laughs> yeah sorry to kind of mix two answers into one but you know that's that's know my either. favorite venue and my favorite artist so yeah easy enough easy enough kind of makes sense when you think about it <laughs> sorry but, if i didn't uh make that one creative enough that, that'll bob be our soundbite bob marley on the beach <laughs> <laughs> there you go that's that's the uh the click we needed for social media right there Love that. Jake Miller wants to perform with Bob Marley and get high on the beach. Yeah. So Jake, we asked all of our guests to wrap up the interview. One final question. And I know for a fact, just with how you answered everything so far, 
you know, you'll knock this one out. Maybe not the Bob Marley on the beach one, but uh, you know, if you can, if you can go back and give the 15 year old version of yourself some advice, what would you tell him? I mean, I feel like that's oh, when man. your career kind of took off. So it's like, yeah, you know, definitely got to go. Um, I would, I would live, I would say, you know, the same thing my dad has always told me and that's good things happen to good people. Um, you know, never sell out, never do anything that other people want you to do. Just stay true to yourself, stay true to the music that you want to make. Um, more important than the music, just be a good person and, and good things will happen. And I think that that's, that's what I've done. You know, I treat everybody with, with respect and every fan that I meet, I take pictures with and I'm never a dick to anybody. And so I think that that's a huge reason that um, I am where I am. I, I think most of it is that not, not the music. I think it's, it's the way that I've, you know, treated people and uh, just been as good of a person as I can be. So I would just tell them to, to keep going. There's going to be a shit ton of ups and downs, but it'll all be worth it in the end. Yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more. And and Jenny is here. I'm gonna let her in. So let's all put her on. Yes. <laughs> hey. I know that person. What's up? All right, Jenny, What's we have up? a proposition for you. Jake said he'll pay me a hundred dollars if I can get you to sing on here. And if I you do, coming. I if you do, coming. I'll split it. So no. I got a hundred dollars, right? Jake. No. <laughs> I told him you were the best best singer in the family. That's very nice, but not true. It everyone is, everyone listening, this is Jenny Miller's podcast debut. We're just going to give her a quick minute here. The floor is a yours. A two. A one. Jenny, two, I'm two. Justin, by the way. I don't want my co-host, Johnny, to be rude and not introduce us. But. <laughs> All right. I'm Justin. Yeah, I haven't met you. <laughs> um, I'm not going to sing, but this is my podcast debut. Thanks for having me. Where are you at right now? Are you in, Mich- are you in Michigan? No, I just no, see No, no. I'm home in Florida. Oh, okay, cool. I was just talking to Jake. So I, I went to Douglas for a year. I'm in Coral Springs right now. Oh, you're close. Yeah, not too far. Do you go to Sicilian Oven? Oh my God, stop it right now. Give me like all the hot spots. I'm going to go tonight. Hot spots right now. How was your guys' talk? Well, we're, we're, about to, we're about to wrap it up. We do, we do want to, we're just end the recording, but we can keep shooting the shit. But uh, Jake, we want to thank you so much. Jenny, thank you for setting this up. This was awesome. Jake, not even just saying this biasly, you were probably like one of my favorite guests that I've had. I'm not thank just like, you, man. I appreciate it. Tires. But uh, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, I like to I like to talk a lot. You guys are <laughs> awesome. That wraps up another great interview with Jake Miller. We're so happy he took the time out of his day to come chat with the boys. Um, We had his sister Jenny on too. We're so happy she took the time out of her day. Cypress Bay alumni, Florida boy. It was just an all around great interview. Dude, I'm super hyped for concerts to come back, honestly. I mean, just hearing Jay talk about tour plans, it feels like it's been forever. I mean, I think my last concert might have been like three years ago, honestly, but it feels like forever since I've seen a live show. And obviously concerts are just like, you know, one of the coolest things you can go to when it comes to live events, whether it's like sports probably shows concerts is right up there. So, uh, you know, hopefully Jake can even hook us up with some free tickets. Who knows? But I would love to see Jake live. That'd be awesome. I'm more excited for if the podcast happens, a little Miller time action. That'd be pretty sweet. Honestly, I don't know who's his brand manager, but Jake should be sponsored by Miller. He should be sponsored. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, if I had that last name with his, like with his platform and his name, I would be all over that shit. Dude, he's a stud, man. How many people replied to your Instagram story today just saying like, oh my God, I love Jake Miller. I got at least yeah, like, yeah. all of them. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, especially Florida. I mean, I have a lot more Florida followers and you're just like, oh, you got Jake. Yeah. And like, I was, at the, I was actually at the hockey rink the other day and then like, oh yeah, we got Jake Miller. Like, oh, Jake, you know way. I, I didn't even know. I'm like, I didn't even know he's Jewish. <laughs> of yeah, course man. you didn't, right? <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's definitely awesome. I, I understand like why everyone loves him so much. He's just super down to earth, super genuine. Jenny too. I mean, I know Jenny just joined us for a little bit, but you know, just obviously, this seems like a great family. They, you know, very successful parents, very musical parents, very talented family. So I'm super happy that we can get them on and hear their perspective on just everything going on in the 2020 COVID world. But uh, New Year's is right around the corner. And I do want to take a quick second to talk about a sponsor, Mindset Wellness CBD. With the new year coming in, it's very important to stay healthy. That's why I got a health gummy right here in front of me. And Mindset Wellness CBD, they're a brand new full spectrum CBD company infused with terpenes and vitamins that can provide an all natural anxiety relief. They have several different mindsets, including happy, calm, focused, health, beauty, and rest, which are meant to be taken together to customize your mindset. So go to mindsetwellnesscbd.com and use our code LACA for 10% off of your order plus free shipping. And feel free to check out their Instagram, Mindset Wellness CBD. I love my CBD. You know, I take it every episode. 
to be happy, to be healthy, whatever it is, to be calm, to rest. But I love mindset. Cappy, you want to say something? No, honestly, I hope everybody has a blessed New Year's. Hope everybody gets their resolutions in. Um, obviously, Corona and everything like that. But go out, have fun, be safe. God bless. All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. Happy and healthy New Year. We got some great things coming from you from the locker room in 2021. So stay tuned. If you're not following, you know, tell your friends, tell your parents, tell anyone, tell your brother, tell your sister. Follow us, like, and subscribe. We got a lot of good things coming. See you in 2021. Almost down, down, now I'm all the way up. Almost down, pull me out right before I gave up. Yeah.